You're listening to Thank You Five, a podcast devoted to Omaha's vibrant performing arts scene. My name is Dana Schweiger, and I've worked in Omaha theater for over 25 years. I'm sitting down with directors, performers, musicians, technicians, and designers to discuss their artistic talent, their passion, and why they continue to call Omaha home. Amy Reiner is currently the director of production and properties master at the Bluebird Theater. She previously worked as prop master at the Omaha Community Playhouse from 2000 to 2012. Prior to that, she freelanced in Los Angeles in the fields of film and television. Amy holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Technical Theater with an emphasis on scenic and lighting design from the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Amy Reiner, welcome to the Green Room. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. So I have to tell you, first of all, if you ever, do you believe in reincarnation? Oh, because if because next time you come back, you need to come back as like an actor or a playwright (laughs) because their bios are much, much longer (laughs) than yours. They are long, aren't they? (laughs) That's what I said. Mine is quite boring. Short and sweet. Not boring. It's just (laughs) tiny. It's just tiny. (laughs) So we're going to start with a little bit with a little bit of background. So where are you from originally? I am here from here, Omaha, Nebraska. Do you have any family that still live here? Yeah, pretty much everyone still lives here. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have two brothers, a younger brother, older brother, and an older sister. And do any of them do theater? None of them. <laughs> None of None. them. None. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be great to figure out how that happened. Exactly. Where did you, uh, what part of town did you grow up in? I, around 90th and Maple is where I was at. Okay, West Omaha. Yeah, West O. West O. West ish. Now it's more like Midtown. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, it was funny when I had uh, Camille Matoyer Moton on, and she talked about that she lived in West O. And I said, And where was that? She said, Like 90th, 90th yes. and Maple. Same, same like, thing. Yeah. It was. No. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be a trek. It used to be a trek. <laughs> Which grade school did you go to? I went to St. James. Okay. Which is right there on 90th. And um, did they have like any school plays or anything that you participated in? You know what? I tried. I tried to be in one and I was not cast. Let's just be honest. I was not cast for anything. I tried really hard. It's sort of a sign really. (laughs) (laughs) For where I headed. (laughs) For where you headed. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, on the, you know, on the technical side. Okay, so you went to St. James, and then where did you go to high school? Then I went to Marion High School. Oh, That's where I did theater. That's where I started theater. Yeah, Marion's got a really good uh, theater program. They do, and now they have an amazing facility. They did not have that when I was there. They have a huge theater and just everything. Yeah, it's amazing what they have there now. Yeah. Holy crud. We did it. We did it on either the gym or the, um, we went out to the JCC to do our musicals. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or the gym. Did you do any shows at Marion? So, yeah, that's where I started doing theater. Okay. I, uh, after realizing that I sucked at my, any sports that I tried. Um, <laughs> what I, sports did you try? Oh, my gosh. I tried soccer. Not competitive. Yeah. Did, wasn't interested. Then, the, then I really thought, oh, track is my thing. But <laughs> I first they tried me at the like the, okay, let's try a hundred sprint or the sprint or whatever they call it. Mm, yeah, she's really slow. Okay, let's try the relay. Oh boy, she's really slow. All right, let's give her the one mile. Okay, yeah, wow, she's really slow. Let's, she's been lapped for the mile. So then, then, then five mile, and finally after that year was over, I said, how about if I quit? And that's what happened. And then I found theater. And then you found theater. So, okay, so actor or or uh, uh, act- technical, technical or both? The my very first job in theater was a child wrangler oh. for the Wizard of Oz. Okay, Aren't, weren't we all probably yeah. a child wrangler at one point or another? Children <laughs> or pets? It's got to happen. Yeah. So that was my very first job. That was my I think so that you was sophomore year. Took care of all the munchkins. Yep, I was munching munchkin wrangler. 
is what we called it. And I had a great time. And then by the end of my senior year, I ended up being the stage manager for the show we did. So I kept it up and, you know, we, oh my gosh, if I even told people how I built some of the stuff that I would build now, I, I remember trees just being masonite with a stick up the middle. <laughs> that's not how you build that, but that's how learn. you build it in high school. That's how you build it in high school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In the classroom. In the, cl- you know? in the classroom. <laughs> Were you involved in all of the productions there then, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. In one way or another. Was there an instructor at Marion that kind of mentored you as far as the, the technical side? You know what's horrible there was, but I can't for the life of me. I've tried to remember this woman's name for years and I can't remember it. She, you know, she was the English teacher. And she was wonderful, but I can't remember her name. So I'm sorry if you're out there. That's okay. <laughs> if but you know she was who she was, it would have been right. close Call to the same in. age. So it would have been like yeah. in the 80s, late 80s, late 80s, 87, mm-hmm. 80, somewhere around there. Somewhere if around you there. remember who the English teacher was, drop us a line the at yeah. info at thankyoufivepod.com. save my brain. That's be wonderful. We'll get that information off to Amy. <laughs> You graduate from Marion and then when you, you went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, did you know when you went down there that theater is what you wanted to get into? I did. I did. I did. It was, um, I told my parents that I wanted to do that and they just said, you can get paid for that? I said, I think you can. <laughs> and they said, okay. And so, so that's what I decided. I, so I was doing that from the beginning. I went into the tech program. I got a... Um, I did work study to help pay for it. And I got, I got a job in the shop from freshman year on, which was great because I learned a lot in there. And I don't remember, cause we went to school together down at yeah. Lincoln. I don't remember. Did you uh, have any solo design projects that you did? I did eventually. Okay. Um, I had two lighting designs and one actualized and uh, one set design. Was it one set? Yeah, it was one set design. And now I have to be questioned on what the names of the shows. I should have, you should have given me a warning. I would have looked them all up. That's right. Um, Scapino. Scapino was one of them. And American Buffalo was my other lighting design, which Ed Stoffer said, I think you've used every light in the building. And it was in the small space. Yeah. Like, you're right. I did. That, <laughs> I bet that bill was expensive. <laughs> that was my first one. Yeah. So. It was fun. When you graduated from the university, did you go out to LA right away? I did not. I stayed around about a year. I got a job at the Lincoln Community Playhouse. I was their assistant technical director and prop master for one year. And then I, then I made my way out. Did you have a lot of prop work that you did when you were at the university or did you kind of learn it along the way at uh, the Lincoln Playhouse? You know, I did it, I guess I, I learned it mostly at at the Omaha Playhouse, really. I um, I did a handful of, I think I only did one prop show where I was actual prop master in college. Um, I'd build a few things here and there. That's not true. I, I also worked uh, many summers, I worked for the Nebraska Repertory Theater and I was props a couple of times for that too. So I did props on, the, on those shows. So, but it was really a handful in college. There was maybe four or five shows throughout those four years that I actually was prop master for. It was kind really when I came back to Omaha that I did more, more stuff. Right. So you were at uh, the Lincoln Community Playhouse for a year and then you skedaddled off to California. And what was your plan when you went out there? Well, I wanted, you know, I wanted to get, I really wanted to get into film and television. I had always, I was kind of obsessed with that as in, as a kid, as a youngster and theater really in Nebraska was the only thing you could really do. So, and at UNL at the time. So, so you want to be in film and television. So, yeah. So I wanted to try film and television. So I went out there and I just, you know, I was kind of blessed because I had a nice uh, theater background and they actually do like that out there. They kind of. So I, d- I was lucky that I never had to take a non-paying job, which was great because most people have to go to, out there and do a lot of freelancing. Luckily, um, oh no, now I have to remember her name. Oh my God, that's horrible. We had a, so we had a professor come to UNL my last two years of college and she was, she's a production designer in film. So she kind of gave me the name, Sandy Veneziano. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I'm just awful with names. Sandy Veneziano. So 
So she came and she taught my last couple of years. She, that was the first real film classes they started doing was my last couple of years. So she gave me some names to contact when I went out there, which was awesome. I, uh, so I went out there. <laughs> the first thing I did, which is so naive is I sent letters to everyone. I, you know, I kept all of those rejection letters that I got back because I sent them to everyone. They said, well, give us a call when you get out here because there's just no, you know, until you live here, no way. I did that first. And then I started, you know, I just started contacting all these different people. I started working. I'd work for a day. I'd work for a week. I think my longest stint was a three month job. It was about three months long. And what exactly did, long. And what did you do? I did a variety of things. I worked, I was on a few things. I was a scenic painter which is f funny, but you know, I could, I could do a little bit of everything. So that was handy. Uh, scenic painter on a few things. I was a production assistant on a lot of things. Cause I was, I was new out there. I was, let me think. I was a, so what, uh, what does a production assistant do? I was a production assistant in the art departments a lot. So I, in, in, you know, I'd help with the set designers. I'd help them do different things. I got a lot of coffee, depending on what it was. Sure. Uh, you know, I stocked the fridges. But I also, if what was lucky is if I did a show where it was non-union, then I got to do a little bit more. So some of my more, more fun things I got to do was for this. There was one was on a, um, it was an NBC miniseries, four-night miniseries called The 60s. And I, I worked remember in, that. Do you remember that? I, so I worked in the art department then. Well, it was such a small staff and it was a non-union show. So I actually, I got to do some of the fun stuff. I got to help the set dressers do things. And I do little strange things like, um, you know, a prop master likes to put in little details of themselves, you know? I think this is a funny story. So, so I had, uh, there was a scene where they said, we need names for, it's a cemetery scene. So we need names for the gravestones that we're going to have cut out of foam. So my, my, all of my grandparents who had long passed had, uh, had a gravestone in the movie. So I kind of, I kind of looked at it as a, uh, as sort of a nod to, you know, my fam, my sister thought was kind of horrified, but I, you know, <laughs> I think that's great. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. You get, so you get to have a little bit of fun with that. Exactly. Um, I also got to do, there was a, um, what is it? What do you call it? My brain is awful. Uh, what do you call it when you, when you, oh, geez, illegal. And you're making driver's license for other people. What's that called? What are you doing? <laughs> That's horrible. Forging? Forging. You're a forger. Oh my God, help me. So <laughs> we had a whole office that this guy, That's, what, That's all he did. It was forger's office. So I had to do all sorts of fake, all sorts of things, new fake driver's license and fake oh, everything for the, uh, for, the, for the TV show. Sure. So, anyway, God. Because that'd be a lucrative side business. Wouldn't it be great I sh if I was good at it? Yeah. If I was actually good at it. So you worked as a production assistant. Yeah, and a then... lot for, as a production assistant. I worked, um, one of my longest ones I worked was, um, gosh, what was my title for that one? It was assistant. I think I was assistant um, production. I don't remember anything. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I just did a bunch of different, bunch of different things for different. I, I also did some theater out there because really when you're freelancing like that, you really, the hard thing is, is you're looking while you're working, you're basically spending your days driving to work, working and looking for work no matter what. So even when you're working, you know, I'm it's the same as freelancers here in town, I'm sure. Uh, you're constantly looking for work. So that's what I, I did. I worked one day stints and then I do three weeks and three months. And when you had the theater gigs out there, was mm -hmm. that as scenic designer, lighting design? Uh, one was props. Um, I, I actually, at the time they did a reboot of not reboot. I don't know what you'd call it, but, uh, Kathy Rigby is Peter Pan. So they were doing a tour of Kathy Rigby is Peter Pan and they needed to freshen up all the props. So they hired me, me and another person, which I can't remember his name either. Cause that's me, but, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. Uh, we both did props on that one. So that was kind of fun. Cause that's, you know, that was at La Mirada Playhouse. That was an, my, my longest drive to and from work was in, I had to be there at, I think I had to be there at seven and it was and seven in the morning and I left usually around six or seven at night and it was an hour and a half drive to and from. It was ridiculous. So did you live in LA proper? I lived, um, I lived in a little place called La, uh, Montrose. It, it's like, it's like far north of Glendale. So it's up and around the corner kind of. 
it's kind of far. So, and I lived there for about three years and then I moved down to North Hollywood and then I came back to Nebraska. And then you came back. (laughs) So how long were you in California altogether? About three and a half years. You came back, what, mid- Mid nineties, late nineties, two thousand. Oh, you came back at in two thousand. I okay. came back summer of two thousand May. And then, did you do any design work before you started at the Playhouse, or did you start right away? I actually, it's funny. I I was really lucky. I had made the decision to come back to Omaha. I didn't know what I was going to do, and a friend of mine gave in, gave me an art search magazine. I think it was Art Search, if I remember right. And in there was the prop job at the Playhouse. I thought, well, what the heck? That might as well. So I sent them my resume, you know, told them I was looking. And I had I had planned on coming back a month later. And Jim Othus, um gave me a call and just said, you know, we'd like to fly you out for an interview. And I was like, holy, what? how nice would it be to come back to Omaha with a job? So... <laughs> So I came out and I started the job. I, I started a job about a month and a half later, you know, cause I had to still pack and get, I mean, it was kind of a fly by the seat of your pants thing, but so that's kind of what happened there. You had said earlier that you kind of learned a lot of your prop mastering, I guess, if that's the right word on the job training at the playhouse. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that process and you know, what was, what was involved in a typical day? Um, how we'll start with that. What was involved with a, with a typical day? Well, when I started, when I first started, we kind of, uh, I was, I, I had to, I think when I first started, if I remember right, I ended up starting the day after we struck one of the shows. So my first week was striking another show, which was kind of nice because I ended up learning the space and learning how we dealt with it on the other end of the show, as opposed to trying to get a show up. I got to, I got to kind of strike one and figure out where the heck I was. My day kind of would consist of, uh, so we do at the playhouse, we do we would do four shows. Basically, you're kind of working on four shows at a time. Let's start with that. You're kind of doing, you've got a show running usually that you're maintaining. You've got a show that you're prepping later. You know what I mean? That you're just starting to read and just starting to do. You've you're got another show that you're starting to get rehearsal props and everything for. It's just kind of, you're kind of rotating four at a time in, in some way or another. So you spend your day kind of doing any meetings you need to do, deciding what you're going to do as far as pulling, building, you know, it, it's kind of a, there's a lot to, a lot to figure out at the playoffs. There's a lot of shows that go on there. When I started, I think there were, if I, if I'm right, I think there were 11 shows a year. I think they're at 10 now, not including Christmas Carol, of course. I'm not including all the Christmas Carols. Did you, and I, I profess my ignorance here just because I, I have not worked extensively at the Playhouse. So I don't, you know, I don't know how these things work. Did you have like a prop uh, crew underneath you that helped to build props, to pull props, or were you a one man operation? It's kind of a... That's a loaded question. I'm just I mean, kidding. I know you have, I'm just kidding. I know you have like interns probably. Yeah, and like they have an apprenticeship program. Uh, right. There. So you end up having a rotation of the first half of the year. Hopefully I'm getting this right. First half of the year, you have a rotation of the students. And then they all, when they get to their second year, they apply for what departments they want. And then you can decide if you're taking them as a senior or not. So you have a rotation of people just trying to figure it out. And then you usually have one or two seniors in each department. So that's helpful. That's very helpful. Other than that, there's no, there's not really a, a, another person. There is now, I think, I think Darren has, yeah, she definitely, he definitely has her, has one now that's wonderful, uh, which is great. But, uh, so it's pretty much your one man operation, except for everyone else. You know, if you have any issues with anything, everyone else helps out, you know, that sure. it's, it's definitely, that's one of the reasons I left LA because film and television is not that collaborative in my opinion and theater it's a it's so collaborative you have everyone that can help you with that for whatever you need to do if I have something that had to light up John you know if I had something really technical Don Hook so it's it's definitely a it's definitely more collaborative there which is helpful when you've got that many shows you're trying to get up well, and I, I just can't even imagine, even with a show like A Christmas Carol, that, you know, is is a mainstay. And I know that, 
you know, it's, you don't want to say a show in a box because it's not, but at the same time you use a lot of the same props. And so I'm sure you have like a Christmas Carol wing (laughs) at the playhouse where it's like everything for a Christmas Carol (laughs) goes there, you know. I I worked on a, um, a, basically it was a Christmas Carol Bible. So when I was there, I did a Bible so that if I was hit by a bus, anyone could step in and take it over. And it had so many, it was, it was the same information two or three times over, but everybody kind of learns differently. So that's why I made it like that. Like if, if I'm hit by a bus, you can, anyone can take it. So most theaters start their seasons in August, correct? And I think the playhouse is the same way. Yeah. Approximately like how you had said there were like four shows in rotation usually. So, you know, what's your lead time? What's your prep time? So when do you first start, you know, how do you dissect a show from like start to finish? Right. Well, so this is going to be a little hard to remember a little bit because it's different for the Blue Barn. Oh, sure. Uh, But if I remember right, like there's certain times at the playoffs that there's only, you know, there's only two weeks between techs. You know, you've got, you open a show and then a week and a half later, you're in cast on stage and you're doing another show. So those are a little tighter, but you usually start with prep work, getting your, um, reading the script, getting your prop list, you know, getting the furniture. Once first rehearsal happens, that's usually my D would be my D day to, to kind of, all right, I need rehearsal props. I need everything for rehearsal now. So that's when I really started focusing on the shows. Because prior to that, I was focusing on other shows, typically. So that was usually, God, if I remember right, maybe if it wasn't that two-week time, it was three or four weeks, you know, out from there. They, I think, if I remember right, they do do the same four, four or five-week rehearsal. And then, so I would do, you know, my prop list, pull rehearsal props. And then depending on if I was still trying to get another show going, I would either start fully into building and pulling. I usually would make a list. My prop list included an aisle that said, what, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to build this. You're going to find it. Do you have it in stock? I have all of that listed. So I kind of knew how much time I needed to take different ways. Uh, so then gosh, after that, I would then need to just start on pulling everything. I've had meetings with the director and meetings with the set designer, often set designer first, just because I wanted to get a handle on what the furniture is, what it looks like, you know, what, what, what does it need to do? All the important stuff. Um, Get a, you know, talk in, talk to the different departments if I needed assistance with anything, costumes, or if I needed any, you know, because there's a lot of crossover things um, when you're dealing with props. There's crossovers with lighting, there's crossovers with scenery, and there's crossovers with costumes in a lot of different cases. So you got to, you know, reach out to all those people. I, I mentioned that before. So yeah, so then what, what the next step was, was really just hard getting into getting everything finished and done. My goal was always that Thursday prior to tech was what we called cast on stage. And that was the day that they expected at the very least something for everything. The the prop, it didn't have to be finalized. It didn't have to be design wise beautiful, but the, the actual piece had to be there. So whatever you rehearsed with, the real piece should be there at that point. So that I, I love, that was my favorite day, the stress of that day. Mm. And then the moment they stepped on cast on stage, it was like, oh, I can, you know, you put, you put a different level onto it because now suddenly, all right, they have everything, we're ready, what's the next step? So that was good. And then the next one was Sunday, was Tech Sunday. The minute we'd start Tech Sunday, be like, okay, all right, now I can, now I can, you know, it was kind of the final line. You could see the end of the road, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, as long as that's not that train. (laughs) (laughs) As they say. That's a good way of putting it. That's a very good way of putting it. You have to be a very, and I'm speaking in generalities, but, Mm -hmm. but also I'm speaking to you personally, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like you have to be very detail oriented. You have to be a timeline person. You know, you have to be extremely organized Yeah, yeah. to do what you do. Um, yeah, I think so. Did, did you find that, that your work as a, and I don't know how many times you stage manage, but did you find your work as a stage manager helped out in any way? Cause stage managers also have to be very timeline organized right. and right. Cause yeah, I did some stage management in college is when I did that. And so I learned a little bit there. 
and I had to recently at the blue barn a little bit, but that, yeah, I think that's probably where all the paperwork and the, and the final detail work in, in that part, all the paperwork of it definitely came from stage management and the time, the timing, making sure, you know, I think working in every little department in college helped me to understand what everybody else needed, which also helped me then to, 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 you know, know when to reach out to people and when to do stuff, I think probably. One last question about the Playhouse and then we'll switch over to the Blue Barn. What would you say was your most complex prop that you had to make at the Playhouse? Do you remember? I have a couple of them and it's probably from the same show. Uh, Oh no, what's the name of the show? I'm not even going to tell you. (laughs) Uh, I can't remember. Oh my gosh. That's all right. You know, when you do that many shows. Squirrel! (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I can't. When you do that many shows, I I used to. My first five years, I could tell you exactly what show it was and what the prop was and everything. They were there over a dozen. Now I don't remember yesterday. So Uh. (laughs) I don't remember this season. But uh, my favorite, I, I think my favorite and kind of I don't know that it was the most complicated, but it was definitely one of the most fun was I had to do a show. I did a show where I had to make yams that looked like people. So it was, it was the character actually would dress up yams. Yes. Sweet potatoes. And they turn them into movie stars. It was so much fun. I had like Betty Davis and I had the blues brothers. I mean, I could up Carmen Miranda. (laughs) Yeah, the tiny little fruits on top of a yam. It was it was so much fun. And then the same show we did a we did oh my gosh, what's the artist's name? <laughs> I should have we I should have had you give me these questions in advance so I could look up names of things. Yakov Vetti? Now I want to Google it. Where's my Googler? So it I, there, it was a particular artist and I had to make a ch- it was a chair, but it also had to look like this work of art from this particular artist. And it had to look like an ashtray at one point in the show. So I'm like, and the funny thing is, is they said the director, it was Carl Beck and he just said, and Jim Othus, and they just said, just go ahead and just do this modern chair. We'll just put this modern chair out there. And I was like, okay. So I, I do some research and it ends up being, it's that, it's that artist that has like these tall, almost, it looks like burnt people, like they're sticks with little knobs at the top of them, but they're all burnt and corroded and they look like black and I mean, that's fascinating. I feel like it's Yakavetti or something like that. I can't remember the artist's name. I'm horrible. But um, but it was this just this funky artist. And I was so excited. I went and told to both of them. They said, OK, go for it. Go ahead. And it, oh, it also had to swivel. It was a swivel chair that was an ashtray and this work of art. And I got to make it from scratch. It was beautiful. It's still down there. When I left the playhouse, I said, Darren, if you ever want to get rid of that, you just call me because that's going in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw that away. Don't throw that away. That's art, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whose art, apparently. I'm sorry about that, artist. So you left the Playhouse in 2012 and you went down to the Blue Barn and now you are director of production and properties master. So what does a director of production do? I am, basically what I do, I am, so I'm director, director of production. So I do everything from contract, all of my people, all the, all the designers for the show, I should say. I also do the contracts for the actors right now. So I do all contracts. I do uh, from the beginning. I also then, once those designers are contracted, uh, my job is to kind of, kind of take them through the process of the entire show. So I'm there as their kind of support team. So if they need something specific, like the set designer hands off the drawings to me and I do have a carpenter, but I'm kind of pseudo TD, I guess, kind of, because I'm responsible. TD, technical director. I'm sorry, technical director. I know what you meant. But I call it pseudo technical director because I don't do drawings or anything. I don't do drafting or anything, but I am, I do make sure I'm responsible for finding the supplies we need plexiglass, you know, foam molding, uh, specifics, the, the more complicated stuff, not the basic one by and two by fours, but the complicated stuff. So I kind of make sure I'm there for that, that, um, if we need, if we need for lighting, if they need something special, I try, I try to, they often will help me, but I also will try to go out there and try to find what we need. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm basically the support support for all of them, all of the design staff. I assist with the build for the show itself. 
So, which thank goodness I worked at, uh, at UNL because UNL taught me how to build a set. So thank goodness I know how, <laughs> so I can help. So I help with the install, getting it all up, making sure I help Susan or, or whoever is directing the shows. This, this next one is Susan Clement over our artistic director. You know, I assist in determining if the set, you know, if the set design, if little things need to happen, we'll go in and we'll measure things so that the, that, that we can keep in contact between Susan and, and Stephen Williams is our set designer and our lighting designer for this one. So it's kind of a, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of that go between a little bit. They also do a lot of meetings alone. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the, you know, king of the world or anything, but if something comes, comes up during the day, cause I'm right there, then I can contact those people. So that that's part of it. Props. That's definitely my job. Props and uh, anything funky, really, on stage, I often will handle. And then once we get down and get closer in to show its showtime itself, we don't really do a cast on stage. We try to, because we only do five shows a season, we can almost get at least the basic structure of the set up before their first rehearsal or at least the first week of their first rehearsal, which is kind of rare. You know, I mean... At the Playhouse, you couldn't do that. There was a show running for three weeks before, while they were rehearsing, you know, so so you couldn't really do that there. That's impossible. But um, we definitely try to get the set in at that time. So just keeping that ball running and getting it going. So we didn't have a real cast on stage. That's It really is just tech, Saturday and Sunday. And I run that. I don't run that. The stage managers run it. But I make sure we have everything for that. And if we have a crew... I'll on occasion have a backstage crew. I usually run the run the crew for stage management and just, you know, make sure everything's going smoothly. Knock on wood. I hope that everything's going smoothly usually. I've seen you at the auditions before. So, I mean, you you help out with that. And I'm sure there are a lot of other. There's a lot of little things that I kind of assist on and help out with. You know, like I said, all of our people are contracted people. So, you know, if, they, if a stage manager can't make two auditions, I'll handle that. Half the time I'm there, at least for a little while anyway, to make sure things are running smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of little things inside of there. So if we have uh, an event or if we have, you know, we're doing this year, we're this year and even last year, there's a lot more outreach happening in the building from Barry Carmen, who handles our outreach. He is, um, you know, I, I, I handle some of the stuff, like just get the microphone working for them. Make sure they have a light cue. Make sure they have. So, so you know, just to get that production element of it so that when we do have something happening, I usually handle that stuff too. What's your typical day like at the Blue Barn? I often, I'll come in usually, usually it's a handling of just odd things. Sometimes it's this morning, it happened to be a bunch of building things, you know, just some things happening in the building that needed repair or needed to be fixed. So emails, that kind of stuff. We then had our, we have a, a build going on. So, you know, I'll assist in the build, start talking about, you know, what we're doing, what we need to accomplish, start making a plan for the next show. I also, I also, I just got some amazing, I got a donation recently that I'm so excited. A wonderful donor donated some money for some new tools. So we're having a big uh, waffle waffle kickoff of my new shop tomorrow. So <laughs> wonderful. So exciting. Congratulations. So today I spent the day, you know, organizing and cleaning, which I hate to say it at the playhouse too, probably 50% of your day seems to be organizing and cleaning, trying to get, you know, things back into order after you've exploded them for a show. Yes. A lot of, it's an ebb and flow kind of a situation. <laughs> what are your typical hours? So I do, um, it's, I try to make it nine to five when we are not heavy duty in a show. Like right now we opened a show two weeks ago and we're just starting to build the next one. So I try to make it nine to five as we get closer to the opening of a show. It's the, the days get longer, depending. There are times where, you know, things have to have to happen on the set for the cast and I'll, I'll stay until cast gets there and Susan gets back in and that just to make sure things are set up right before I take off. So that usually happens a little closer to the, run of the show. And then when we actually, the week prior and the week of tech, the week prior, are usually the longer six or seven, you know, until six or seven at night, maybe on occasion weekends, but I, we try not to do too many weekends just cause you know, and then, um, tech week, tech week is our long week because we do, we kind of do a long stint. We do tech Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays are shorter day and Sunday is our longer day usually. So that's where it gets a little bit longer. I mean, we take breaks and everything. It's, I'm not going to be a martyr, but uh, that'll be like a Monday through the following Friday. 
you know, stint. I'm getting older too. I start feeling it on Monday or Tuesday of Tech Week instead of Thursday. (laughs) So you can tell age is setting in. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say your most complex prop is that you have done at the Blue Barn? Well, I've made a couple of little uh, settees, you know, little chaise lounges that the first one was pretty easy, but the second one was re- was a little complicated. So that was a hard one. I've had to sit, make some weapons, you know, some fake weapons. I had to make for Frost Nixon a couple of cameras, like TV cameras, kind of. That was a lot of fun. Those were cool. So yeah, those are probably the most complicated. Always food props. Food. I love a good food prop. Those. That's great fun. I love to replicate. I can't cook. Really? I'm a horrible cook. Don't eat anything I give you. But boy, my food props look good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about what you do away from the office. You volunteer for an organization called HETRA. I do. I do. I love it. What does HETRA stand for? HETRA is Heartland Equine Therapeutic Writing Academy. And they do basically therapeutic writing for adults, children with disabilities, and they also have some independent writers and they have a veterans program. So that's what they do. They do, they just help so many people with their equine program. They have the most wonderful horses in the world. Where is this located? It's out in Gretna, 222nd and Lincoln Road approximately. So it's out there a little bit. They moved, they've been there, I think four years. And how did you get involved with this organization? I, here's a, here's a uh, plug for volunteermatch.com. So that's how I felt. That's how I looked it up. I had done another program that was over in Iowa years ago, maybe eight or 10 years ago, I think it was called Magic in Motion and they had two horses. They only worked on Saturday mornings and I worked with them for about a year and then they closed down because of financial reasons. So I had been looking for something else and I finally looked on volunteermatch.com and I just, you know, you get on there, you plug in things you're interested in. I put in animals and children and Hetra was the first thing that popped up. And then I went on their website and I started uh, with their tour. How long have you been volunteering? I, uh, I've been there uh, three and a half years. And summer of 2015. What are some of your duties as a volunteer? I, um, I started out as a sidewalker. Woo! Go sidewalkers. And then now I'm a leader. I lead the horses in the sessions and I'm a platinum leader so I can lead any of them, even the the ones that maybe are a little hard to handle, which is great. It That makes me feel good that I'm doing an okay job. So I do that. And I'm also on Sundays now, I'm a barn leader. So I kind of, that basically is just making sure everything for the day is running smoothly the set that that the horses are getting lunged and tacked and and groomed and out in time and so just kind of making sure the whole day kind of runs smoothly so that that's a new that's a new thing that that I've been doing that for just this once this session so for about a month now I've been doing that it's it's pretty cool how many times a month I go out <laughs> I go out twice a week Oh, you go out twice a week. Yeah, yeah I go out tw- right now right now three times a week cuz I'm taking a class. I'm taking horse 102, which is cool. <laughs> But so right now I'm, going, I'm assuming you took horse 101. I didn't. I passed out. How exciting <laughs> is that? I, I was, I was, I already, I'm very exciting. Passed out of there. Oh, you passed? No, I didn't. I thought, I, I thought fail. you, I, no, no, no. I thought you like, you, you said like you literally I like passed out. I thought you like passed oh, out no. and I'm like, well, well, how does that happen? <laughs> I got to skip 101 and headed right for 102. That's awesome. Very exciting. It is exciting. (laughs) Especially when I had no knowledge of horses really before Hetra. So that's great. I've learned a lot in three and a half years. Horse 102. So what what are you learning? Oh, it's fascinating. It's how to communicate more with the horse, how to understand what they're telling you, what they're trying to, you know, if they're understanding what you're saying. It's, it's really, really amazing. I'm learning how to lunge a horse, which is to warm them up. I'll be a better volunteer for taking the class. So that's kind of why I did it. So right now I'm out there three times a week. I forgot the other thing I do, which I love more than anything, is barn maintenance. That's what I did up until barn leader on Sundays. I would do barn maintenance, which is cleaning stalls, which I loved. I know, I know. And (laughs) did you get an award for cleaning stalls? (laughs) I did. Okay. (laughs) 
Because so, when you said that, I was like, I remembered that you had won an award, but I'm like, I couldn't remember what it was for. And then you said barn maintenance. And I went, that I was think it. that was it. I think that was the volunteer award. That yeah. You- every year they do a volunteer uh, party. And they give away, about, I think there's eight volunteer awards and I won the one for barn maintenance, which felt really good because I've been doing it, that I've been also doing it for three and a half years. I've been doing it the whole time since I started. So it's pretty, I, I you know, I've had cats for a long time and it's just oversized cat litter boxes. That's all it is. And so on a I'm bigger pretty scale. Good. It's just on a huge scale. Congratulations. So. Thank you. I think that's, I think that's great. I, I was pretty excited. I know it. Like, oh, I, oh, they like me. They really like me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have coming up uh, next with the Blue Barn? Our next show for the Blue Barn is a show, uh, Paula Vogel. It's called Indecent. And that one comes up mid-March. And then um, our final show of the season is called The Woodsman by Strangeman Theater Company. And that's a, a, that's a theater company that we're collaborating with from New York City. The Blue Barn, people probably don't necessarily know this. I think most theater people, but people outside theater don't know it. But the Blue Barn was started by SUNY Purchase alumni 30 years ago. This is our 30th season. And uh, Strangeman Theater Company is also a SUNY Purchase alum company. They started at 10, I think it was 10 years ago. So uh, we decided, Susan started talking with them and they decided to do kind of a collaboration and that's where the woodsman comes in. We're bringing in some of their stuff where we've hired, uh, cast all local actors, but the directors and the, um, I think even all the designers except costume, our costume designer is local, but we're bringing in the lighting designer and the set designer is, is actually the director and the playwright of the show. So, so it's definitely a big collaboration that we're looking forward to. It's the first time we've really done something, I think to this extent. So well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. And then I look forward to uh, season 31. I know. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Coming up sooner <laughs> rather sooner rather than later. Yep. I'm going to take a moment to ask you some questions. Okay. Don't get panicky. I'm getting nervous already. Don't get panicky. Hopefully I'll be amazing. You are always amazing. <laughs> what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Oh my gosh. It's funny because as you say that, I was talking about my least favorite word today. Well, what's your least favorite word? My least favorite word is fine. When you, you know, when you ask somebody if something's great and they say, "Eh, it's fine, you know, you have to redo it. So fine. I just discussed that earlier today. But my favorite word, that's a tough one. I can't think of anything. My mind is a blank. That's... (laughs) <laughs> That's all right. Maybe it'll pop in there. It, it usually pops in there and I scream it out at like three in the morning. Well, the next question is, what's your least favorite word? And we figured oh. that one out. It's <laughs> fine. fine. I hate that word. <laughs> what profession other than theater would you like to attempt? You know what? I always did think it would be fun to be an event coordinator. And then, and then I've had event coordinators. So I know you wouldn't. But I, I don't know if that's true. I think that'd be fun. And anymore since being out at Hetra, I think, I think having my own, uh, oh my gosh, not my own therapy program, but I would love to like work for them or that would be a fun thing. I am not skilled enough to actually do that, but that'd be cool. Wouldn't it? To work with animals in general, I guess, not necessarily. I think so. Just horses. I, I would have loved to have been a vet if, if the blood and shot thing didn't freak me out so much. Yeah. <laughs> You have pets. I do have pets. You have cats. I have two cats, Lucy and Ethel. Oh, they're pistols, man. I also have two goldfish named Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd. <laughs> they're lovely too. Uh, not as snuggly as the cats, but those are, those are all my pets. Lots of fur nephews and nieces. If you didn't live in Omaha, where would you like to live? Ooh, you know what? On this side, Nudo. I would. I feel New Orleans, or should I say Nolans? That's what I've been told how you're supposed to pronounce it by somebody. What is it um, about Nolens that you, have you been there? I've been there. I went there one time with my good friend, Colleen Bird. You know, Colleen. I know Colleen. Uh, we went there, we took a train down there and I just love the vibe of that city. The architecture's gorgeous. It's just. Were you down there for Mardi Gras? I wasn't. No, I pro- I was older, so I probably would have just died there. So, but yeah, it, no, I wasn't there for Mardi Gras, but you know, every Every night is pretty much kind of crazy down there anyway, but I just, it was beautiful. I loved it. I hear there are a lot of bugs down there. Uh, right. See, at the time we went, it wasn't too bad. 
Oh, that's so good. Maybe that's why I, yeah. I'm delusional. <laughs> <laughs> and crocodiles. There's some big crocodiles. Who is your favorite musician? Tom Petty. I think that's who I'd, I'd pick as my fave. I love Tom Petty. Heartbroken. I used to say, you know, when, when all these other, we've had a lot of famous musicians pass on, you know, and I'm like, well, okay, okay. But crying, really crying. Tom Petty. Boom. Yeah. Like a baby. That, that, that broke my heart. If you could go back in time and meet anyone in history, who would Ooh. you like to meet? Hmm. I would like to be really, really smart and come up with some amazing name, but I'm blanking again. I can't think of anybody. Who would I like to meet? <laughs> I know the horse secretariat. Holy crap. I'd like to watch that. That'd be amazing. Those races. Woo. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's not a problem. No. I can't think of a person. So. That's all right. Go back and meet Secretariat. <laughs> and maybe the jockey who wrote and him. maybe the jockey. Maybe he had a part. Maybe. I, I guess. I don't know. He just held on for dear life, in my opinion. But no, I'm kidding. Who is the person that you most admire? Michelle Obama. I think she's an amazing woman. What's your favorite color? Green. A lot, of green. Pe- a lot of people like green now. Are you, are you more like funny? a Kelly green or a forest green or just a Kermit green? What kind of a green? Um, you know, I love all colors of green. I love all colors. I used to hate lime green. You know, I used to hate lime green or the kind of more pastel green. But I, I've grown to even love those. I've it's I've changed my ways. It's like a tomato. I now can eat a tomato. Now you. <laughs> <laughs> now you can eat a tomato. I've always been a fan of like forest green. I've always been like, the, oh yeah, like the, the darker colors. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's always been my favorite. If there is a show that you could design, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever had the desire to go back to do any kind of scenic design or lighting design? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> I honestly didn't like uh, the process as much you know, um, the process that the drafting and the, the detail work of it. Actually, I enjoyed lighting, but the electrical part of it, I was not so good at keeping that in the brain. So that kind of filled out. Cause if you don't know what you're doing, that kind of that way, you know, you could um, die. <laughs> you could die. You could, I did almost electrocute a woman once, but that's another story and she's alive. So we're fine. We're good. We're good. It's all I didn't good. go to jail. Um, <laughs> so long. yeah, there's a reason I stopped doing lighting design right there. But, uh, <laughs> and the set design, it really, um, doing all of the, doing all of that prep work. I just, I didn't like it as much. It was, it was more stressful for me. I think the process of designer was too, was more stressful for me than, you know, with props, it just, you know, the, the very, it's, it's very clear cut kind of, and, and I can wing it a little bit more with the props, you know. Is there, is there a particular type of show that you hate propping? You know, and, and I asked that in the question of like, for example, like uh, Joanne Goodhue, uh, when she stage manages, she always says, oh, I hate doing a food show. Mm. You know, because right. she hates having to deal with that. Yeah. So, is there is That's there any true. is there any kind <laughs> food shows? Food That's shows, probably it. Uh, is there any show that that is more difficult, say, to prop than others? And I know every show is different, but I mean, is there certain yeah. things that you that you're reading a script and you're like, oh god, right. I got to deal with this? You know, actually, when it's real food, yeah. I don't like real food props. It's a little, that's because that is a heavy, heavy maintenance show. The really heavy maintenance shows, those kind of annoy me, I guess. You know, when there's a lot to be done for every, to prep every single show for the weekend, it just, and that's, that's probably stems a lot from the playhouse and like, you don't have necessarily have tons of time to do that. So then that kind of gets you wrapped up there. My favorite is set, heavy set dressing shows. I love to set dress a show. That's lots of fun. When you have to do a show with something that you, you have to build something and you're not quite sure if there's like a technical aspect involved or something like that, where do you go for your resources? I mean, do you utilize YouTube now where maybe you didn't in the past and maybe before you had to go to the library and now you can utilize the internet? 
Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about designing props and how that process works? Yep. Yep. Definitely. I do. I'm kind of lucky because I am the internet, you know, is a huge resource, huge resource. I don't have to necessarily go to the library anymore. I did a little bit early on in my prop career. I, I, I would research at the, especially the downtown library here in Omaha. It had some, it has some excellent research books. Um, but really with internet, it make, I mean, everything is on there really. Uh, I have just recently been using more YouTube videos, you know, just because there's a bazillion on there. So a lot of times that's what pops up in your research. So I'll usually find that stuff. I also contact other theaters who have done certain shows, you know, and just say, how the heck did you do this? You know, and give me some advice. It's amazing. People don't think about reaching out to other theaters to find out so much. Uh, I lucked out 33 variations. We had to have all of these, all of these real Beethoven pages out of his uh, very specific Beethoven pages. And although a package of information of um, projections came with it, there were about 10 of them that didn't. So I was, I spent two weeks trying to locate this stuff. I finally said to heck with it. And I, I sent an email to the original proje- projection designer of the Broadway version and I, I, oh, to his um, agent. And uh, yeah, so I sent an email to his agent and he got back to me by phone 30 minutes later, not the agent, the projection designer and said, I'd love to, because he had to contact a a German. They were all at this, this uh, museum in Germany. (laughs) So he had spent so much time having the people there, you know, make copies for him, make him all this stuff. I mean, he had spent a long time getting them. He said, I, I said, I bet you get tons of people, you know, asking for this request. He said, no, hardly anybody. And he wished he would because it took him forever to get it all. So, it, you know, people are more than willing to help you out. That's the nice thing. And then do you, do you have a lot of people? Pe- do you have a lot of people that contact, contact you and say, hey, how would you go about doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, because that's the that's the best way you can learn to do different things. You know, I'm I've been doing this now really almost 30 years, I guess, if you include my high school days. And so I'm still learning new things on how to do stuff. Tomorrow I go over to the playhouse and I'm going to talk to Don Hook about how they did Singing in the Rain because we have to make it rain on Indecent. So I want to see how they did it, you know, just to compare how we're we're going to do it for us. Ours is only 40 seconds, so it's hopefully a little bit easier. But so, yeah, you 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 reach out and talk to anybody who can help you out. And most people are just like I'm more than willing to give anyone advice if I can and, and help out in any way I can. Well, so. that's the definition of community. Right. There's right. there's no benefit to keeping that information from another theater. It's like, what, what no. does what good does it serve you? And so, I mean, I think we all are a tight knit community and whatever we can do to help each other out. Right. uh, We all want each production that happens in this town to be the best production. Yeah. Right. So exactly. And especially if it's hard one, I just had uh, Thomas Becker's at Duchenne Academy and they're doing, they're doing silent sky when he reached out to have his kids come over and talk with me and you know, he was going to talk about a few props. I'm so excited because I kept all of those props. Those were hard props to make. And I was, I, you know, so I was so excited. I'm like, take them all, take them and use them. Yay. I was so excited to see him on stage again. You know, it's fun. What's your favorite cuss word? Okay. This is kind of funny. And I, <laughs> I loved, I used the term mother tree cat, which <laughs> I, I don't know if you, Laura Marsh does, directed a show by this local playwright and I don't know the local playwright's name, but the show is called Mother Tree Cat. And I said, that yeah. sounds like the best cuss word ever. <laughs> so when I'm really cussing is like Mother Tree Cat. That's my favorite cuss word. I'm sorry, playwright, but I love it. Is that wrong? Maybe it, I should come up with a real cuss it word. It isn't. Amy Reiner, thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My memory is just like a sieve. Thank you for listening to the Thank You Five podcast with original theme music by Tim Vallier. For more information about tonight's guest, please visit www.thankyou5pod.com. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And remember that right now, somewhere in the world, a stage manager is saying, five minutes to curtain. Thank you, five.
Thank you, five. Thank you, five. Thank you, five. Thank you, five.